You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making Waves Hey, good evening, everyone. Once again, it is I, Al McManus, the Director of Operations for S4 Entertainment. I'm making a uh, homestand here, filling in for the lovely and talented Justin Press. And uh, I think this is the 42nd iteration of Making Waves, which we thank you for listening and, and, and being here with us. It's going to be a special one tonight, and uh, Justin will be back with us soon. I'm not sure when, but uh, once he gets uh, his his of the Jack Lane Holiday Spa or wherever he is getting his hair blown out or whatever. He'll be back. He'll be back with us. Uh, don't forget that January 22 and Shiprock will be here before you know it. The lineup will be announced very, very soon. So be sure to get your cabin at shiprock.com and check out our social media for your chance to uh, meet up with a cabin mate if you haven't found one yet. Again, the lineup is coming right together and we will get that to you soon. We're going to have an amazing adventure as usual. Uh, our co-host for tonight, as usual, Miss Latoya Jackson, give it up for Latoya. It's just such a pleasure to be here, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, and um, our guest for tonight is the uh, Shiprock favorite and um, the uh, amazing band uh, Ten Years. Who uh, it, you know, I put together, tried to put together my my notes for tonight to describe Ten Years, and I really couldn't do it. I I kind of soul searched for. Uh, several hours this week knowing that Jesse was going to be with us and I couldn't come up with one even listen to the music as much as you know 45 minutes ago get myself amped up for this episode I couldn't figure it out so in the shortest of terms Jesse from 10 years ladies and gentlemen please welcome hi yeah. Jesse hello did I go blank you, you are but... never going blank you're yeah, always oh, man you... I blanked out you did but you did, but it doesn't matter for the podcast. So we'll just talk, man. Yeah. Don't, okay. even, don't, yeah. don't even sweat it. I mean, your voice, you, you got a voice, you know, you got a face for radio. Let's be honest. Oh, sweet. <laughs> sweet. A voice for the band. So angelic. <laughs> so, Jesse, I would let's... describe our band as uh, an experimental uh, instrumental jazz fusion, and I'm the singer. Ooh. <laughs> easy that's <gig>. smooth. <laughs> easy <Yeah. gig. laughs> Who's the flute? Who's the flautist the in flautist. the band? <laughs> Brandy Boyd. Ooh, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Uh, so Jesse, why don't you fill us in? I know there's a record in 2020. Um, fill us in with with everything that's been going on or not been going on with the band, um, and you know, just top to bottom, man. What's shaking? 
Well, man, you know, we I think we can all kind of say that the last year and year and a half has been kind of insane. And hopefully, you know, we, we can call it chalk it up as an experience and, and we'll get through it and some everything will kind of normalize. But uh, this is the first album that we've ever released in our career and not been able to tour on it. So that was definitely something to adjust and get used to. Um, we did find out how to, well, we as in the rest of the band, they just told me where to stand, find out how to use the internet. And um, we did a couple of uh, virtual concerts that were way more well-received than we, than we had expected. So it kind of really helped us grow on the online aspect of things. And it, it, it turned out to be a great tool to stay in touch with fans. We do online meet and greets and stuff. And that's all stuff prior to the, the pandemic that um, we didn't do. And uh, so that helped us. That, that was definitely a growing experience there. Um, we are definitely ready to get back out on tour and uh, climb and jump off of things as I do well. Uh, I saw, I saw, um, so I bought a ticket, right? I watched, I didn't know you did two of, oh, uh, two of the live stream. Yeah, it was great. You guys sounded and looked awesome. Um, you mentioned the second one that must've been, uh, how recent was the last one? Then? It's re- recently, but yeah, it was, uh, maybe a month ago. Um, that one was a complete different type of, uh, performance compared to the first one. We, uh, we took our entire catalog and, and, picked and, and got we went deep into the, the the deep cuts of the catalog and it was it's called deconstructed and we originally just we're going to do an acoustic show and we're like well that's kind of that's too easy or too boring or like we really want this to be special and engaged so like we we, we rewrote the songs and it ended up taking us something that we thought would take us a week or two to prepare for we we rehearsed for over a month because we rewrote the song. So like when you hear stuff like Wasteland and uh, Fix Me and, and songs like that, they're totally in a new light, totally in a different direction with a lot of programming and keyboards. And, and it, it's, it turned out better than we expected, but man, it was like writing an album. That sounds like it. Did you happen to was, like record it like in planning with plans to re- put it out? Cause it's, it's not, I would love to hear it. If it's, I was well, going to ask that too. Yeah. Well, we, we did it. Um, we, we did it a, a much an, an environment easy to control, which was our uh, Brian's studio. So we did the whole thing in his studio and ran it through his, his rig. And he was able to go back and mix after the fact. And yeah, we actually, um, we did record it and we did a, a very, we did one pressing of CD because we were going to do vinyl and COVID made that all backed up. So we did a, a thousand pressing of, of CDs and those were gone like that. So we plan on maybe throwing it on vinyl and, and pressing some more CDs because they sold so fast that we didn't really anticipate it. Wow. So it's only hard goods then. Can I find it? I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, it's only hard goods as of now, because kind of what we did is we, we went uh, rogue and pirate with all of our stuff and the label is nice enough and lenient enough to let us do what we wanted to do. But we kind of, took liberties to do what we wanted to do. And we haven't really, we got to work with them on, on getting it like on Spotify and, and Apple music and stuff. We'd love to, cause it, it turned out great, but it's, it's hard goods as, as of now. That's very interesting. I don't mean to bogart this question here, Al, but can I ask you another industry type question? Cause now I'm starting to think in my mind, like 
the, you know, we just saw recently Taylor Swift, for instance, re-recorded her, uh, you know, her songs from her record. What was mm-hmm. this uh, reimagination of these songs uh, in your mind or did from the start or from the end there because you could have you could curtsy a little bit of the lines uh, the way that the language is written? Well, um, yeah, you know, like when it's we, we know the for for people that aren't really too caught up or too savvy on the, the, the industry, when you use a label, they they help pay for it but they also there's a there's a clause in there that you can't sell that without permission within a certain window that wasn't our original intention our original intention was just to flat out um reinvent these songs just for our own creative kind of excitement and um that was that was initially what it was and it was not really intended to ever be sold it was just going to be a live show but it turned out so well that yeah it gave us the freedom to kind of dance and tiptoe around things and it, it, it worked out for the better that way i hopefully it, it'll be out streaming too because I'd, I'd like the more that people hear it, it it's something we're all proud of for sure yeah i have a question about the, rec- that, the recording process actually two questions one is you were so because we talked about this last week with sunny from pod about being able to go back and, and revisit some of those older songs um and that conversation with him was a little different than this but were did you were you able to go back and kind of fix some of the stuff that bothered you in these in these <laughs> new recordings? I have to admit that um, there's certain songs that this incarnation of them I like better than the original. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, "Fix Me" was always a song that I knew its purpose, and I, I know a lot of people like it, but it wasn't personally my favorite because it was just a little too polished, a little too clean. I like it a little grittier, and this one we changed the the structure, not the structure, the melody and the vocals all stay the same on all these songs because that's what you have to keep familiar. But the music around it was completely changed. And it, I don't know, I think the way that we changed the music to this particular uh, concert and album Deconstructed was to focus more on the vocals and the lyrics. So it was more like storytelling and it really, we, we tried that. That was the focal point. That's awesome. In like so many layers of awesomeness uh, as a vocalist and as like, a you know, when you think about those words on pen on paper and then, you know, synced to the music and what you're, yeah. you know, I don't know if you do what I have done. I'm assuming that some incarnation of it has been your lifeline is like, I see this in my head. I'm t- now telling it to you, but I'm sacrificing the actual like, storyline of what's my head so that it can fit inside of a mold and also play within a melody. And at the exactly. End the day, yeah. It's, so knowing that you're, you're, you're writing to that song, to the story, um, it's probably the most interesting thing that I've heard. Like somebody reimagine a, a song for, cause I can think about a million times, right? You're on stage and you're, you've just really fucking wish there was just like that, that drop right there. So, and in your head, you're going down to yeah. sing like, I never, we should have put that on them. Mm-hmm. And that's one yeah. version of it. But then being able to yeah. get those extra syllables or change, change the dynamics of the way that those lines fit together is fucking so cool, man. I wish I would have been able to it, do you that know, so many it, times. It was, we almost, at some point we were making a joke that it was kind of self gratifying the direction we took on this particular, uh, virtual concert and recording because 
we didn't think of anything other than diving down that rabbit hole of creativity. And we weren't really thinking of how it was going to be received. And after we had gotten like 75, 80% through, we're like, man, this is so different that we hope this works <laughs> because, um, it, we, we, we took liberties and we definitely like certain songs where you want to be heavy and rock. Like we have really heavy songs. There's a song called knives. That's like super intense and super heavy. And somehow we broke that down into like a really mysterious acoustic song. Like the fact that we even chose to do that. I was like, are we sure we're supposed to be doing this? Mm. So. Well, I want to go back to right at the beginning. Why? Why that? Why that concept? How, where did that come from? Did it start as an accident or where did that, how did that, you know, rather it, than, it, hey, rather than most, most bands, not most, a lot of bands out there are like, hey, now's our chance to write new music, right? And you guys kind of yeah. took the other approaches, like now it's time to rewrite some music. Well, we had already, and, and you know, as, as a writer and, and the creative side of things, when you dive down and fully immerse yourself in the writing side of things for, for new music, it can be physically, mentally, it, it can be taxing on you. And especially for someone like me that um, everything I write, I, tr I have to relate to or care about. It's not just a jingle. Making it a jingle where everybody remembers it and sings along, so that's, that's the goal. But like the, the substance in there sometimes is very heavy. So we had we'd really worked hard on this last one that came out in 2020. And it, it sucks because not touring on it we weren't really able to to kind of push that more like as bands do so rather than just completely go back to the drawing board we're like you know what we're going to go into our catalog mm -hmm. and and do this and kind of reinvent some things instead of and we, we're still writing now as we speak but um we're just not ready to fully like start over again because it's so much it's almost like this was a reflection of everything because we picked stuff off of every album. It, it was, I think seven, it was 19 songs total that we did. A couple of them were instrumentals. So we really went through our catalog and tried to pick stuff that, and, and, and songs that we don't normally play. And that it, that's why we did it. It was really just to inspire ourselves and kind mm -hmm. of go back and self-reflect versus going back to the drawing board again. Yeah. It, yeah. It's tough to just keep churning out original music. I mean, it's not like, especially yeah. with you, especially as much of your music as I've consumed in the last week. Um, and you mentioned the lyrical part of it and it's, it's a very, per it sounds like, and it is a very personal thing. And you can hear that in the recordings, just the way your vocals are recorded. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it sounds like a very personal thing to you. And I, I, if we have some time, I'd love to talk about your process for, for creating lyrics. But, it, you know, the, the this concept is cool because it's like I we used to call it with when I was managing artists, it was the bridge project. Right. They get done with one. And then it's like, well, let's do something that kind of it, either it's a lot a live record or like a covers record or something interesting just to kind of keep it like for bridge to bridge one project to the next. And that sounds like what this was. And it was it sounds like the timing's perfect for it. So I can't wait till it's available, available unless you have one of those CDs. Yeah. Out the yeah. House, you can just go ahead and email me or stick it into the zoom. Can we send it over zoom? Dude, I definitely know that I'll tell Brian that we, we ought to get it. We can definitely uh, give you guys some and we'll just see how it gets out there. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. just kind of let it have its own, be great. let it grow naturally. But yeah, um, yeah it, it, you know, you have to be inspired and you know, to, it can be a little daunting to go, okay, we're starting from square 
square one from zero, let's go. And if you put like time constraints on it or you put too many like goals a schedule, or a schedule. Yeah. On the creative side of it, it can, to me, I'm the type of artist that that stuff can kind of uh, box it in and it can give me writer's block or mm. um, kind of make me feel like I'm, I'm clocking in and out on it versus like really getting lost in, in like, something that hits you when it hits you. And yeah. I've always been that type of, of, of writer where I'll just, I'll throw away a hundred ideas to find the right one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, you can tell that in your writing for sure. It's, it's very, yeah. it's very thoughtful. Everything seems to mean something. It's not, there's a lot of throwaway out there and, and 10 years has never really been that. It's, it's, it's very, oh, thanks man. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I got a question and I agree with everything else saying uh, just thinking about pen to paper and the process of like a human alone with their thoughts and knowing that there's going to be a catalyst of a project like 10 years to put them out in the world. When you sit down and you're thinking about more, more or less when you're not thinking about this is going to be a record, like, you know, when you're on a deadline because you have to write so much music before, like the old days, you know, like you don't have to do that now because it's a single culture. Yeah. However, I still think that there's no way that a person like yourself can break away from the idea that is like, how does it start? You know, like, do you start yeah. when I mean that? Do you like, are you third person personing these things? Like, what are the first few words that you always tend to like lean into? Um, really, it's it's almost different pieces of, of uh, ingredients that make the recipe like. For the most part, I will gladly admit that I am the least uh, instrument, like musically inclined. I can barely, I pluck around on the piano just to kind of flush out some melodies that I'm stuck on. But past that, the other guys are, are the instrumental writers of things. And um, so on my own time, I'll have melodies that pop into my head, but I'll also have like a diary or a journal or poems where and everything I write is almost in, in po- poem form. So I'll have words that can be completely separate from a melody. And then there's music. And then somehow I'll go this, this line or this poem or a piece of this poem inspired me to put it to this music. And then sometimes with those melodies, it sometimes it all goes together. And then other times I'll just listen to the music over and over. Like, even in my daily life, just doing grocery store, gas stations, whatever, just listening to the music and just seeing what melodies pop in. And then I go back to the, to the lyrical content. So it's almost like reserves, like different little pockets of you save. Like if you were building a house, you got your lumber over here, you got your block, you know, like it's different materials that you kind of bring all together. With no blueprint. So you're constantly in a state, (laughs) constantly in a state of compromise. Being a mess. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it's a a beautiful mess. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. It's, well, that's where the other guys come into play well with um, the blueprint side of things with, with the, I guess the formula of the music. Mm -hmm. And then you're stuck being like, no, we got to extend this verse, at least another measure. Like it doesn't make sense, Jesse, because they can't flow into it. I've definitely thrown curveballs where they've given me the full-on blueprint. Even to the a good story is um, 
way back in 2010 when we were doing feeding the wolves uh the rest of the guys were done recording so they'd gone on home and there was a song in particular that all of the stuff had been recorded and i was writing to it and it just wasn't the structure i wanted it to be so i go into the uh, the engineer producer's not even there i just go into the engineer and, Copy and like, paste a little this, this needs me, to go you? here this needs to go here <laughs> chop this so they didn't even know that i'd actually cut the song up and shifted it around to make it make sense to the story i was telling and by yeah. the time they heard it back they were like how in the world did that's that's better that way but how in the world did you hear that or envision that and it was because the way the song laid out i wanted the crescendo to be at the end and i wanted it to be this climactic storytelling thing yeah and i had to Word, it's just it was just what i you know is it as simple as words first lyrics first is that where you is that where the changes you needed to happen was to make it fit with the lyric that you were with the emotion or the lyric that you were trying to create it, it's it's song specific sometimes i can sit down and completely blank-minded and there's a song so long goodbye where I sat down with that music and it happened in a matter of like an hour from start hour to start to finish. And then there's other ones where a song like beautiful was the first song we started writing in the recording process of that. And it was the last song we finished. So it, it's song specific. It just, when it hits you, it hits you, you know, what? some of them you'll fight to the bitter end. Others just happen. What is the, uh, how does this, what's the genesis, genesis of a 10 year song? And you've probably been asked this a million times, but I need to know, is it, is it a, it's a collaborative thing where you're like, Hey, I got a lyric, I got a melody, or it comes to you and it's like, here's a guitar riff and here's the, here's the verse, here, you know, intro verse chorus. And then, and then from there, it's a, it's a collaboration. So I guess it's two questions. One is what is the typical gener, uh, uh, genesis of a 10 year song? And then what is, uh, once they're past the genesis, how does the arrangement part of it go? Um, I would say it probably starts with the guys doing the music, even down to just like a piece of music. It doesn't have to be the whole structure of the song, but so, like something that has two parts, like a verse and a chorus, and then giving it over to me. I would say that's that's more typical, but on occasion, it'll be, I have a melody and I present it to them and it, it comes from that. That happens sometimes. And then the third, the rogue one that's in there that happens sometimes is, uh, which I, I enjoy a lot, is just us all just sitting completely blank with with no no direction, and just jamming in a room. That that's the old days. That's like the teenage days. Yeah. But we still we yeah. did that recently on this last album where we had downtime from the studio and we were in a, like an Airbnb house and just sat and. We're like, okay, let's just see if we can write something new while we're out here since we got some extra time. So yeah. it there's there's three process. That's the three ways I know that it they come about. That, that I love the last the romantic version of it when you're just it's like, oh yeah, great. It's, that, it's so that, great. I mean, yeah. it's so hard that's as an way. adult. Have you done it so, the other way so many times where you're, you're just like, this is let's not waste our time, okay, guys? Which yeah. is the guitar lick, you know, like, and you just take it yeah. all away and. It sucks yeah. because like, you know how you can get to the end. And ultimately that's the point you're trying to get to right at this point. But back then there was no end, you know, like there was nobody, you know, I, Oh yeah. 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 I just heard you're that. Just hanging remember, out, like yeah. having, having some drinks with your buds in the practice space. You, everybody's gotten off work and you don't, 
like when we wrote Wasteland, we didn't know we were writing Wasteland, you know, like you don't know that it's happening. But then on a song like Fix Me, we kind of knew we were like we started with a title. We started with a a title of the song first. Mm -hmm. And then my spin on it was instead of trying to fix someone, how about they're fine who they are. They don't need to be fixed. And that Mm -hmm. little twist is kind of what wrote the song. So it just, again, it's song specific, but um, you're right. The more you're in this and the more you do it, we're, we're kind of like professional contract builders of music. Like mm. we know the inside and out of it so much that there is a structure. There is kind of a, a formula to success, you know, and the more you know, it can take the romance out. So sometimes it's fun just to sit back with no agenda and just get lost in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, I mean, the time. You know, it's always about the time, right? How much time can you you allot to this in your life? And it's unfortunate, but it's also fortunate. I I was going to ask the last question I was going to ask about this process. And then I was going to see if we wanted to switch gears to like the the ship rock thing and how you apply it all there in in a live setting was, at least for me, I've done co-writes with people who are not in my band, right? This is like the industry secret that nobody's supposed to talk about, but it's not anymore because (laughs) it's, it's literally like there's Spotify playlists that are specific to that writer in these songs that they've written. And you're like, wait a second, Mm -hmm. you wrote, you know, so I was going to ask, it sounds like you said exactly, like I didn't never thought about it until I was like what you just said when somebody's like, what's the title? Let's start with a title. And I didn't learn that until I sat down mm-hmm. with somebody who was like completely removed from the process. And they were like, start with a title. Let's find the story from there. So I'm assuming you probably yep. have been in a room with somebody who's not in your band before, right? Yes, yes. We, we've definitely done that. And that's, that's where it comes from. And you kind of, you learn from that and you learn what inspires you and what works best for you and your band. And you grow with it. it there's been, I have no problems with, we can talk about the, the romantic side of, uh, some people just are, are geniuses like Bob Dylan and it just flows from them and permeates from them like Chris Cornell or you, it, it's meticulous and thought out and it's planned out. It, regardless of how you get there, if you end up with a, a good, strong result that connects with the rest of the world, then you've written something powerful. And and like you said, nowadays, it's even more common for that that formula and that structure to exist than it used to be used to you don't you don't talk about it but like go back to to elton john i mean it, all of his stuff was co-written you know people mm-hmm. the more we learn the more we know and more educated we we see it and we realize that that whole no don't do that is, is kind of naive and, and and juvenile the older you get you realize let's just be creative and let's however we get there we get there Dude, yeah, I think I think most rock music fans would probably hate me for this, but I'm a huge Tim McGraw fan. Like, I love I love a lot of country music, especially that era of Tim McGraw around the around 2000s. The guy never never wrote a single song, still doesn't. Yeah, but it's like I don't care who wrote. I mean, it's like who cares? You're you're telling me the story. You're the storyteller. It's like a little. It's like a one year old listen to his three year old listen to his mom tell a story, and care yeah. who wrote it. Well, Mommy's telling me a story. About all that. Shut up and uh, shut up, and it's it, awesome. It, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the crazy thing about that is like, look at stars as big as, as Michael Jackson. Like there can be great writers, but you need the right performer and entertainer to make it work. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to. There's all kinds of people. Behind, there's there's all the Oz's behind the curtains that can write genius songs. 
but they just know that they're not that star power. That's mm-hmm. that's why a lot of this these uh, singing contests have worked so well, and they've had so many different incarnations of them because you're trying to find that star power and give the right person the right material to to own it. Pretty much, they have to own it. I was just going to st- say I 100 agree. I think about the first version of it when you're the band and you're you're like in the room with the person who's like not in your band. That to me is like you don't find water in your well. It you have to go. Fi- you have to. I should say when the water runs out or it's getting low, it's not going to. A rainfall just isn't going to ma- magically happen. You have to go get fucking water and fill up your well in order for you to learn to feed to grow to the perspective of it all. It's all about that sort of organic yeah. version of growing as humans. And then the other version of it is like the dude in, in the big Lebowski. It t- the rug ties the room together, right? And the rug is whoever <laughs> at that moment. Perfect. It just, you can't have a chair over in their corner and a, and a couch over in that corner and nothing in between it. It's going to make, it's going to scuff off the, scuff up, scuff up the floors, you know? And that, that person writing the song or that band or that singer, that's the fucking rug, you know? Yeah. I always think about yeah, it. It all has to, it has to go together. I mean, you can, you can have someone that's a, a great charisma, great moves, great singer, but they might not be a great writer. And that's where it, you know, vice versa. You, you have somebody that can write a brilliant song, but it just doesn't have the pipes, you know, yeah. so let's just call it what it is. And yeah. that's where that, it's cool that it's being more accepted because I definitely think with what the nineties and two thousands did with rock, it was like, you would get the scarlet letter forever. And I mean, it's because so much really authentic, amazing stuff came out of the grunge era of music. And it was, but it was people bleeding to like emotionally bleeding out and like putting everything. And it just happened to be a, a, there's this authentic tidal wave of honesty, but like, then backtrack to the 70s and 80s. There was writers all over that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in Detroit, <laughs> you know, like uh, the Motown. For, you know, like the the, <laughs> yeah. the idea of it's it's not oh, of course, freaking, yeah. it's in every book. You if you haven't paid attention to that whole thing, that's the whole point. Is here's Aretha Franklin, and here's the Bomb Squad or whatever it is, you know. And you put those two exactly, those things, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to ask you because you said some key things there that I think is important. And you your response, Jesse, it's telling as to how mature and how incredibly talented of a human you are because you can't be the goat in the room without the other goats in the room. And what I mean is the greatest oh, of all time. God, no. You, you got you to be a team. Even if you are, if, if you're a celebrity where your name is the billboard, you still have to have a team around you. And the minute you don't think you need a team is, is you when become, you become Chad Nicefield. <laughs> yeah. You just lose it all. Man, that guy. <laughs> an asshole. Who is he? You're rolling the dice on red, black, <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. See well, you later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Green, big green so keeping. We, yeah. So, so I, I have to ask this because I do want to, we want to talk about Shiprock before um, we forget that we're talking about Shiprock. When you're doing, my question now after hearing all of this is, you're on the stage, not just related to anything, any stage, but specifically Shiprocked, and you're playing one of these songs. And then right after that is another song that's Nucleus only, band only. Uh, Then you have writer with band song. Does there like, when you're making that set list, 
and you're thinking about it all. What, what's your vibe, you know, on that stage or even before that stage? Can you walk us through that process? The live space? Well, I mean, a live show has to be entertaining. So you got to make sure we have, God, how many songs now? I can't even count. Um, I have some personal favorites that just don't go over well live. They're mm. a little too lullaby or, or maybe sleepy, but they're a vibe that I like when I'm doing art or spacing out or something. But like when you're playing a live show, especially a show like Shiprock where it's high energy and you got to keep them entertained, you build the set around that. And then let's just be honest, the songs that more of the crowd knows collectively, your singles, your hits, you have to pepper those in there, even if you're sick and tired of them, because that's what unifies the crowd. That's mm -hmm. where you can play your favorite song that you've ever written. But if it's some obscure B track off your third album that no one knows, it's going to be crickets. So you can sneak that one in between a couple of singles, you know, so mm -hmm. you, you have to do some for them and do some for yourself. But um, when you're writing a set, it's, it's all about just, I think, kind of keeping the energy. Uh, we, we always will write out a set and rehearse a set, but you really don't know how well the set goes until you've toured on it for at least a week. And usually a weekend, there's the the remodeling of the set. Like, this needs to go here, this needs to go here, that one needs to go. We do that every time. Mm. No matter how much we pre-plan and, and, and rehearse and stuff, once you're on tour and you're about a weekend, you know whether that set works or not. Mm. I had a, I had a, it always seems to come up when I'm talking to kind of long form like this with, with artists. My my most a lot of my management experience have been on the road with with a country music artist, and he had uh, fortunate enough to have forty number one hits. Um, and well, then the set, I, you then you got three sets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he he had like two, he had like three medleys. He had three number one medleys in his set that were like seven minutes a piece because he he knew he had to touch on those things, right? And I had that conversation with him. I said, I asked him. I said, well, what's what's your favorite song? And it's a really profound answer. And he's like. I, my favorite songs are the songs that the crowd loves the most. Well, it, the funny thing is, is we actually had a, that exact question asked by a fan when we were doing one of these virtual meet and greets. And um, what they were, what's your favorite song to play live? Yeah, tough one. And as cliche as it sounds, a song like Wasteland or Fix Me or Shoot It Out or, or Novocaine, those are our the most instant gratifying and rewarding because that's when you realize people listen to you. That's when you, there's nothing that'll give you cold chills more than a crowd being louder than the band. Mm -hmm. So you can't deny that there could be a song that you co-wrote with someone and it became a number one hit and you personally don't like it at all, but you can't get in front of a thousand or 10,000 people and them all sing over you and you go, oh man, never mind. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's where the maturity comes from. That's where you realize it's what we do for a living is in some ways bigger than us. It's not about us. They want us, they want us to express ourselves. They want some honesty and some authenticity. And that's what I kind of have to hold on to for my own personal inspiration. But it's about them connecting to us. That's, that's the ultimate goal. If they don't connect, then what are we doing? Mm. Click, mm. change the channel. Right. Mm. Right. Uh, last question about this, and then we should move into some really fun stuff, I think. Uh, yeah. 
have have you ever had one of those click the channel moments out, out on the road? Uh, you know, not necessarily, obviously not in ship rock because everybody's praising the the ground that you're walking on at this point, which is the most incredible feeling ever for an artist, right? But then when Man. you get up there and you get a fucking beer thrown out at you. Oh, dude. So, so you know that it takes a lot to make a band, like to, to get them on tour, to get them on playing with the right bands, to get the right song on the radio at the right time while they're on the right tours. All those variables come into play to be received by the masses, to be received by the crowd. We're good, we're good friends with Mudvayne guys. We've toured with them, I think, at least three different tours. But it just so happened that the managers we had at the time, on the label we were at at the time, had tried to push this ballad because we were on the same label as Hinder. And they took, we have an acoustic song, So Long Goodbye, that was recorded in the studio live, one take, and that it was supposed to just stay that way. And because it just got so much traction online, the label decided to turn it into a rock ballad and did it without our permission. And then tried to push it as a single while our managers were putting us on tour with Mudvayne. <laughs> so our single was a rock ballad and we're on tour with Mudvayne. Yeah. And our label is telling yeah, us love we it. have to play this song. You, you see this train wreck happen, right? I mean, this is... Well, so, so, our, so our listeners know before Jesse started this story, he 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 shuffled in his seat. He had to sit. He had to get his seat proper in order to settle in for this story, like put on a seatbelt. So, <laughs> yes, continue. It, it leads. So, so the so the final scene here is okay. Label, we'll play your song. And we, I like so long goodbye, but it's not a song that is a mud vein crowd. That's when we go through our catalog of songs and we play the heaviest shit we got. You you adapt to your environment but they were insistent on us playing this and we get out there and we, we try to play this ballad and um, here comes stuff being thrown at us, beer change, all this. And we barely get through it. The rest of this show was all right. But the minute we went into that song was like, it's like we were just the zombies came out or the, they just were like ready to eat us. And my stupidness being we I think we were only our second album in trying to be cool and, and play it off as I was like picking change up off the uh, <laughs> the stage and said, well, at least I got paid. And at that time, it looked like the arrows from 300. Everyone threw change. <laughs> Everyone. That was like, by the way, that can, no, that can hurt, man. Physically. Oh, hurt. Physically hurt yourself. Dude. <laughs> Our guitar player got hit with a, a full, like, with the lid on it, the one liter Mountain Dew just dead in the chest. <laughs> Security was doing a really good job of that. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. well, how, how many liters is that? Is it a, a full liter? Okay. You know, uh, okay. Okay. Band, Bring that in. they're going to play a ballad about 30 minutes into their song. I, 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 I guess the, quite, the real question I have, Jesse, is that you walked off the stage after that performance and was there a part of you that said, we deserve that? Yeah. Yeah. And also a part of us that all instantly wanted to get on a, a, a collect call all together collectively on yeah. a, a group call to the label and go, uh, screw you. We're not doing this. Yeah, and at never, that point, yeah. we didn't play that song again. We we structured our, our set to fit the Mudbang crowd. I climb out on the crowd. I do all the wild, crazy mm -hmm. uh, Iggy Pop antics. And it, you went over the crowd. Yeah. You know, it, it's you, you have to adapt to your environment. And if you don't, that's when 
click change the channel comes in play. And you, if you if you are that miserable on stage, there's no way you can project that out to where anyone's yeah. going to want to listen to you. The, the 2021 version of 10 years would have made that uh, song and turned into the heaviest thing you've ever written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you start screaming? Okay. We're going to have to reimagine. <laughs> we'll play the song, but it's going to be reimagined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You reimagined it? Oh, okay, cool. Well, we're going to yeah. reimagine. We're going to up your, we see you yeah. and we're going to raise you another reimagine. Yeah. Reimagine this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse, Jesse, we're going to go, uh, I know we're supposed to go live at seven 30. So we're a little behind the curve here, but Jen's going to come back, back in and get us live. And then, okay. uh, and then, so we'll get our, uh, we'll get our ship rock fans on board here. No pun. And then we'll talk about kind of what you have looking forward to. And then we're going to do two segments that we like to do. One is called walk the plank, which is just some weird questions for you to make you think. And then we'll do just a rapid round. Ra- yeah. <laughs> yes. And then we'll do a rapid round of would you rather. And then, um, those are fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. So Jesse, I'm going to put you in the waiting room. And like I said, it'll be just a second, um, maybe like two minutes max. And then uh, you'll be brought back in. We'll see you in a second, Jesse. Okay. I got to wear the headphones in order to like, like hear the song and all that stuff. So I'm just going to go with this. (laughs) You guys are hilarious. Fools. Hang on one second, Jen. Uh, How do we, how do we burn some time? Do you think? uh, Oh yeah, we got that, Chad. We'll, we'll figure that out. Hmm. You mean burn some time so that people will get on? Yeah, so they see the notification. Notification takes your life. Yeah. This is the first time we're doing it. Oh, I got it. We got it. We got it. Okay, cool. Let's burn some time, bro. We don't need to burn a bunch of time because we're going to have plenty of it when he starts talking about these delicious walk the planks. So just to to capstone on what you said, instead of doing three walk the planks, we're going to go through all of these bolded ones. Oh. Penis, 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 penis. Uh, can you hear me now? Penis, penis. No, penis. Penis, penis, back. penis. I, I, had a, I, had a, I had a thing. I can't wait till you hear the recorded version of what I just did. Then. Uh, the bolded, are we going to do all of the bolded walk the planks? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Are we doing any fan ones? That's the one thing I wanted to ask. Well, yes, I will. I will make a note to try to gather one that way. All right. Facebook is ready when you guys are. Um, how long before I let him in? You'll, you'll, you'll hear me. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, it takes just a second to connect, so I'll try. Oh, to man. So many seconds. All right. Uh, going live. Three, two, one. Chad. Hey. Are we doing this? I think we're freaking live. Bro. Happy Cinco. we're totally doing this. Cinco de Mayo, huh? What do you got going on there? Is that a personally that a one piece? Personally yeah. or visually? Uh, both. We'll start with the visual and how it okay, relates the visual, to the visual. I have I have Cinco de Mayo happening. Yeah. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you? I, and then it's the emotionally, I, emotionally, I have a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them are good or exciting or fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mostly pain, mm-hmm. angst, worry, um, rage is a good one. <laughs> Hemorrhoids or no? Uh, emotional hemorrhoids. <laughs> emotional you. hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Whoa, if I tip back too far, I will. Uh, by the way, this is not a Zoom filter, everyone. Yeah, so. it's really him. And uh, he shamed me on my, uh, right before we started, he was like, uh, Cinco de Mayo, dude, aren't, don't you going to wear something cool? And I said, I don't have anything cool to wear. He's like, well, you better have a margarita. So I ran down to the store. You didn't store. have one of those either, did you? 
I didn't. And I had to get a pre-made one because it was like a whole thing. I was like, I don't know where to get triple sec. This is the most disgusting thing that I have ever drank, by the way. <laughs> and then I found this old mask and I don't know if I should be wearing it, but I am. Now, but question though, before we bring our esteemed uh, making waves, the Shiprock podcast guest in here, uh, mm-hmm. that was a mask that you just had lying about the house, Chad? Correct. Well, the okay. the short okay. of the long story is that there's a yeah, really delicious taco short. spot down the street from me. And on Cinco de Mayo, they have a, they used to have a full like, uh, uh, like rager, you know, with like Mexican wrestling competitions mm. and all this artwork. And they sell these through an auction. I put $5 down and ended up spending 150 and got myself. Oh, one yeah. of them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, everyone out here in Shiprock land, uh, you're enjoying the soothing sounds of Al McManus. Hello. And Mr. Chad Nicefield. Mara. And uh, we just spent a little while here with Jesse from 10 years. He's in the waiting room where he belong. Cause he's been, and uh, we just wanted to say hello to you guys. Um, normally we have Justin press doing our live stuff, but he's been busy uh, getting his hair, hair done. It's been and weeks. pushups, lots of pushups, pu- several pushups and ab crunches oh. of some sorts. This is the 42nd version of Making Waves, the Shiprock podcast. So be sure to go uh, listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the back half of our conversation with him. The first half, uh, we dug into a bunch of stuff, including his show where he had change and lots of money and coins flying at him for not playing a song that was appropriate for the situation. Great story. So be sure to go back and check that out. Uh, Justin will be back with us soon. Um, another cool thing that's coming up is that all of our podcasts, uh, the video component will be loaded to Facebook, uh, sorry, will be loaded to our YouTube channel, our Ask for Entertainment YouTube channel. So when our podcast is released, this particular episode on Monday, you will also be able to go to YouTube and check out the entirety of the podcast in video format. So check that out and be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Very important. Subscribe to the podcast. Very, and, very um, important. Very important. And uh, show us the love there. So uh, now that we've loosened everybody up, we're going to jump into a few segments with our friend, Jesse, from 10 years. First, we're going to chat a little bit, uh, get you up to speed on what's going on with him. So, Jennifer, if you wouldn't mind, oh, my God. (gasps) Oh, my. You are looking. Is it Christmas time? I'm not sure. Who's going to get a gift? Who's going to get a spanking? So do we say Feliz Navidad at this point? Everybody's in the festive mood. Yes. And I want to know who's getting the coal and who's getting the gift and who's getting the spanking. Yeah. And who's getting the dirty Sanchez? Oh my God. There we go. I I did. I did it. I did it. I didn't mean to do it, but I'm not a nice person. Also, I figure we're announcing Shiprock after it's been off. So it's like a Christmas gift, you know? It is. It is totally like a Christmas gift. So everyone on Facebook land, welcome. And obviously here's our friend Jesse from 10 years. Uh, Check out the first part of our podcast. Like I mentioned, um, Jesse was telling us the nice story about getting coins and dollars and things, metal objects thrown at his face. He's rich now. uh, (laughs) At least he got with experience. (laughs) With experience. So Jesse, let's recap, man. Um, A couple of live uh, live streams you guys did recently. Um, They obviously guests can go, fans can go back and check those out. Most of our guests, I'm sure, have already checked that out. Um, But that sounded like that was a fun experience for you guys. Yeah, it definitely. Um, it 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 forced us old school guys to to adapt to the current workings of how everything is now. And it's like the power of the internet is is an amazing thing. And I feel like such an old man for like 
not acknowledging that until a worldwide pandemic happens and you realize well let's do let's we can't play live so let's play virtual and it was insane how well received it was so thank everyone for the that participated in that and there's there was some CDs that were pressed that uh, you're you're potentially getting uh, some requests to press press some more I would assume right yeah we had a we didn't intend on pressing any but it was just a the the latest uh, virtual concert we did was called deconstructed and it, it turned out so much better than we expected that we figured we'll make some we'll make some hard copies limited and we put them out and they sold out instantly so we'll we'll probably do that again and then hopefully it'll eventually be up uh, digitally you can just find it anywhere that's awesome um, uh, one note I want to say about the the live streams for the guests people that are watching tuning in this in particular second live stream he's talking about sounds incredible so if uh, i didn't get to see it i got to see the first one if you get a chance to hear this you should jump on it whether that's through vinyl or through the streaming situations that they might have this is going to be cool I promise well thank you sir you're welcome and and your website is 10 years music is it is it not yes it is 10 years music.com so i'm, I'm pretty sure it has a dot com in there I'm and it's a one zero. I'm pretty sure that our guests are savvy enough if they want the CD or want this product that they're going to go ahead and send an, an email to info at 10yearsmusic.com. Yeah, I'm not that I suggested doing that. They're going to call their local library and they're going to say, do you guys have the new? I've got a library card here and I'm ready to use it. <laughs> so, so longtime uh, listeners of the podcast will know the next segment that we do is called Walk the Plank, and it's, we try to make, keep it as awkward as possible. So, Chad, if you wouldn't mind uh, showing off our fancy new intro music. Let me red carpet it right in. Here's a new number for Walking the Plank, Walking the Plank. I have to say that's that's an Al that's an Al track and those end harmonies before we jump into this. I don't even think that I don't even think that Jesse could pull them off as well. It's a major. It's a major seven finger work, man. Yeah, I didn't put any snaps in it. I should have put some snaps. Jesse, question number one for me for you, as you walk the plank, my friend, and be careful out there. Yeah. In what activity? In what activity would you like a lesson from an expert? It's uh, skydiving. <laughs> you don't want one from an you don't want one from an amateur on that one. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, uh, my buddy Gary. He like just told me about this thing he's doing nowadays. I'm gonna go out with that. Yeah, my favorite is I know a guy and I can get you a discount. Yeah. I mean, the action that of all the walking the planks we've done, that's like the best and most literal. Like that's what you will, that would require. Not like I would yeah. like piano. Well, piano doesn't kill you yeah. if it messes yeah. up. Let's go with yeah, skydiving. <laughs> you, you took the expert part of that and handled it expertly. I will say, Chad, you're next. Thank all you. right. If you were cremated, where would you like your ashes to be spread? Oh man, 
<laughs> that is on a man or old man. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> on a man. On a man. Oh, wow. <laughs> or or smoked. I don't know. Um, smoked by a man. On a smoked. man. See, I, I, I've, I've been blessed <laughs> to man. travel so much that once I'm gone, I honestly don't care what you do with the ashes. It might be cool if you take the ashes and turn it into some sort of like concrete clay mixture and, and make a, a Greek sculpture out of me. That would be cool. Oh my. Oh. That's great. Uh, of yourself? Like a <laughs> Greek sculpture of, of course, yourself yeah. out of the yeah, ashes yeah. of yes. yourself? Does it, need to be yeah. does it need to be anatomically correct? <laughs> No, you just need to make me as great as you think I am. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah! All right. Up okay. to, uh, uh, dealer's choice, if you will. Okay. We're gonna make. We're gonna. Yeah, we're like gonna a, make like you a Conan, like romantic Conan book. You know. <laughs> oh, yes. What if we make this sculpture fly you up in an airplane from Gary's from Gary's uh, Gary Skydiving dot com and put it and drop you from the airplane and just sprinkle a little dash on that. <laughs> It, yeah, and it'll it'll just kind of evaporate as I go down, and it just goes on everybody, and then I'm on yes. everybody. Oh yes, you. Then are. you are on the, Then you are. Or on I would like to be in a recreation of a Lebowski movie and get shaken the wrong way. That would be <laughs> right, <cool>. right. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in a movie all, of all time, by the way. Of all, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> that's my favorite gift. Oh, no, Walter, too, you're just I'll an say. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, you're just an asshole. All right. Uh, okay, Jesse. When you're down. What do you do to feel better? Oh man. Uh, I probably just, I, I, I've skateboarded for a long time. So I go skate cause it makes me feel young. And the irony in that is skating makes me fall down a lot. So I don't know why I would go. I'm, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment and I, I'm a bit of a masochist. Yeah. <laughs> You're a singer in a band. So, I mean, I, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah so there we go. <laughs> So I'm skateboarding to make myself feel better, but when I fall and break my wrist, I'm going to feel worse. Yeah, but I, I won't be thinking masochist. about what's making me feel bad. It's like That's if your true. toe hurts, smash your thumb. That so yeah. <laughs> you heard that, people? <laughs> when your toe hurts, just smash your thumb. Smash your thumb. Bam. Words by it's, it's, it's yeah from, and I have a doctorate, so yeah. trust me, it works. <laughs> so what's the most am amazing? What's the most amazing weather that you've ever seen? Weather. Yeah, weather. I'm whether you had it or whether you had it or not. I'm talking about those sweet clouds. Uh, uh, the am I pronouncing this correctly? Aurora borealis. The, the <sighs> I did yeah. get to see that. That was insane. So wow. that's so yeah. cool. I'm so jealous. Yeah, we we we've, we've played Alaska once, and we made sure that we had an extra a little bit of time up there to indulge in in what they have to offer and. Our sound guy put his bare butt cheeks on a glacier, and then we, we saw the, the beautiful, colorful sky. And then we got the hell out of there. <laughs> That's awesome. And then That's we're great. out. But I've yeah, never been to Alaska. That's there. not a bucket list. So I'm, I'm super jealous yeah. for two reasons. Butt cheeks and the, uh, or, yeah, that works. Aurora the words. What's, oh. what's the, the, there's an easier name for it that's escape, escape. The Northern Lights. Yeah, duh. Like oh, why didn't yeah. I? Is that, the, is that the same thing? I'm not even <laughs> sure if that's the is. same thing, but I think I think it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I saw. We can just call it Aurora Boar. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the, get you know, like get in there a little, 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 little like bit of Aurora Boar. No, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't uh, like it. Next, next, yeah. you're next. It sounds like a, a singer in a <laughs> Swedish band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Jesse. If you could have a conversation with a deceased relative, who would you choose 
and why? A deceased relative. Hmm. I guess my grandfather that he actually just passed away in 2019 and he lived to be 101. And this guy was yeah. incredibly intelligent guy. I, and I knew him I, I, as growing up. He just passed away recently, but I was never, he, he was such a smart intellectual put together guy that I would never had the courage to really pick his brain about living to be a hundred and doing the things he widowed two women till death do you part. He did that twice. Like oh, wow. he, he, he really had a lot of uh, age knowledge and you know, it was, I just never picked his brain because I just couldn't, I couldn't bring the courage to do so. I am so sorry that happened. And he sounds yeah, like an amazing sorry, person, man. but, I, and I'm sorry that I laughed at, at what you were saying, but like, that was the hardest thing I've ever heard anybody say is like, he widowed two people, like two women. That, yeah. that, I mean, he didn't, he didn't get caught, you know, like, you know, like that, that's a funny thing to say. I get it. But like, really think about a relationship. You either get a divorce or if you make it all the way through it till death, do you part, you don't do it again. Yeah, you, don't, like, well. you don't start over and do it that time. Well, he was a he was a widower twice, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Did he yeah. did he pass away married or did he pass away? Obviously, well, I don't know if he's no, I mean, he, he, he widowed himself he as, as yeah, a single man. I mean, he made it to 101, and he he was uh, he he was a, a, a chemist that did work in. Germany and over all over Europe, like the guy traveled all over. And like the, the more I had gone back and I actually have a lot of his, his writings and stuff. And his father was a college professor. So I have stuff from like the 1800s in a box back there that just flipping through it and seeing the penmanship and just how, just all of that experience and age and, and stuff that's in that it's, it's mind blowing because it's just so far removed from where we are now. Yeah. It's pretty wild to look at. You didn't have the conversation, but it sounds like you got a lot of nice nuggets that, that were left for you for that. I think purpose. that's probably why I want the conversation now is because I was able to thumb through it, but I'd, I'd known what this guy had done. And I mean, he was very successful in, in many ways. He, he was, he would still go on like Swiss Alps and, and go on bike rides to the Swiss Alps when his eighties, like he was one of those guys that just never stopped. He was a firecracker. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that the was a dude that I always looked up to. Objects in motion, stay in motion. Just stay busy, stay stay active, people. Right? That's in, yeah, that's that incredible. Me. I can't stop. Yeah, if I stop, I'm sleeping. That's awesome. So then let me ask you this. What do you complain about more than anything else? Oh, man. Lines. I hate lines and I hate traffic. Like when you go to oh, get lines, lines, like it. <laughs> lines. Waiting lines. Oh, I was. Th I thought you were talking about just like lines anywhere you see a line, like a straight line. Like fuck that straight line. Any line, it's a straight line, especially on a horizon line. This is me yeah. off. <laughs> just like you know, waiting sick waiting of guys lines for whatever reason. Yeah, that uh, waiting. I so hate you're... sunsets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're clearly not a Kiss flat earther, which is great. <laughs> next yeah. up, next up. What did you get in trouble for the most when you were young? Uh, it, it was skateboarding. I got, that's the only thing I've ever been arrested for. And I learned that I'm just going to run from these guys. I can outrun them. So I'd outrun the cops all the time. So yeah, that's definitely.
probably what I got in trouble for the most. That's awesome. Out running, out running the cops. Jesse, how old are you? Have children? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got two. Two kids. How old are they? Uh, look, I shouldn't pause on this. Uh, Thirteen and seven. <laughs> Is it like me? It, part of me having an eleven-year-old son, and I can't believe I'm saying this publicly. Um. Part of me, maybe that's why I'm speaking about it publicly, is that's empty. Um, part of me hopes that at some point in my life, in my son's life, and probably hopefully before he turns 17, I kind of hope he's got to run from the cops a little bit. <laughs> I do. Man, you feel alive when you do. <laughs> yeah. It I makes mean, you feel this alive. Kid, I don't, I don't coming from the kid who would throw snowball, this kid with, you know, me, I would throw snowballs at cars. You know, that was our thing in New York state where I grew up near Buffalo, New York. And then once in a while, the cops yeah. would just show up and you would just run. And I guess I'm saying that you probably, if, if you happen to agree with me, which I don't know if you do, but just from the standpoint of at least, hopefully it's something innocent like that, like skateboarding, like just yeah, something yeah, yeah. where there's, where there's a confrontation or there's fear and you're running and you get away and you go, man, I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Right. Like, I'm yeah, just yeah, gonna, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lesson yeah. learned in a, in a nice, harmless way, <laughs> yeah. you know? Elite, yeah. That's, That's fantastic. Great. All right. So I got does one your, more. Did, what, real I'm quick sorry. though. Does your son, does your son skateboard? He does a little, uh, I actually just, another thing that I did during COVID was I guess I went through a midlife crisis and I built a 12 by 24 shed in my backyard with a half pipe in it. So I have an indoor mini ramp nice. that I skate. <laughs> so he's, he's been on it and he skates it. So yeah. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Sick. All yeah. right. Uh, so I got one more, but uh, before I ask it, do we want to see if any, anybody that's tuning in right now has uh, yeah, one I single question? Yeah, let's get a question. Let's get a question from one of our viewers here, shall well, he, we? Well, he gathers that, Jesse. I'm going to ask you. Um, okay. Do you possess? Do, do you think you possess any of the qualities that uh, your astrological sign says you should? By the way, what is your yeah. sign? I'm a Taurus. Ooh, okay. So, so what do you think? Yes, I, I, I very much do because I'm all in. To whatever I do, and I give I give as much as I can towards it. But I am not spontaneous, which is like I. That's a sign. Slow move, like with the Taurus, they, they're they're methodical and overthinkers, and spontaneity is, is is not my thing. So for whatever reason, I'm I'm married in Aries, which is all spontaneous. It says that, that they're the unstoppable force, and I'm the immovable object. So I don't know how we're still married, but good luck. <laughs> the yang must must match the yang, man. With a, with a, a line yeah, supposed to go does. this way, you know about straight lines. You hate them, yeah. so that's why you know. Yeah, you got to push and kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Al, do we have any uh, sick questions? Uh, I I don't see any. I don't see any any questions right now. But I'm only I'm also only seeing a couple of the comments for some reason. There's a ton of comments here, but I'm only able to see a few of them on my screen. I'm gonna ask um, one. Well, Want to ask one more then? Yeah, I do. All right. So we can move on to what you, would you rather? Yes. Uh, oh. Mm. Uh, ooh. <laughs> eh. Eh, you know, I'm is trying it to, the same okay. question or is he just trying to say he's reading different questions? <laughs> e, I got two. Any or Audi. That's all. That's all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have both. What is the last thing you cried about? Oh, man. 
I love that one. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Thank you. And a difficult one. Music. To be as sappy and as cliche as it sounds, when it hits right, whether it's writing it or listening to it, music for that. For me, music, I, I love going to shows. I love being part of the camaraderie of big crowds. And we're getting back to that. And I'm, I, I can't wait. But being alone and just sometimes with whatever emotion you're going through and whatever music you're listening to gets you. I mean, it does me. Mm. Yeah, man. So you failed to ask the, answer the question, but that's okay. I mean, it's a great answer. When was the last time you cried? A win. I thought you were <laughs> What? You know, Jesse, why would I, you know, Jesse this, is, this is live. I mean, we can rewind it later. Play some freaking music right now. Then. And why would you say, what was, the last, why would you say <laughs> what was the last time you cried? That wouldn't even make any sense. So. No, but, well, let me rephrase <laughs> the question. What was the last time you cried? <laughs> well, it was when... Um, <laughs> Do you remember when the last time was? It's a great answer. And it's that gets yeah, me yeah, too. Actually, I yeah, actually, I think when it... The, and that's... I guess for whatever reason, my mind turned when to what, but it was when I was actually writing a song called say long, so long. Now I can't even talk, say goodbye. And it was about uh, losing my, my grandfather that I was on tour when it happened. And uh, that was where I never picked his brain and asked those questions. And I was like, man, I missed this opportunity. And then, so I wrote the song to kind of pay homage and that's, that's what teared me up. Mm, it's heavy. Yeah, man. Bat and falling skating, I think, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be fucking crazy if you were doing the same, both of those things at the same time. You were like yeah. skating, like holding on one second before I do this kickflip. I'm yeah. just going to write this yeah. song. Oh, <laughs> Nothing shows see? your masculinity like crying at a skate park. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you break anything? Uh, no, it just hurts. <laughs> we're going to do, uh, Jesse, thanks for hanging with us during this, yeah, man. Thanks, we man. appreciate you. We're going to do, uh, oh, it's, it's awesome, do, do a couple, we're going to do a couple would you rathers. Uh, in the meantime, some, some housekeeping here. Thank you to Mala for sending us the stars. If anybody wants to send us stars on Facebook, go ahead and do that. We're always willing to take those. Um, also on our, on this feed, you can see the link to, uh, the new 10 years record, uh, came out in 2020. Uh, I jammed on it about two thirds of my day today. And it's, it's, it's great. And it, it's, uh, it, it, the music, um, I said it earlier, it was, it's hard to describe, but it, it has, it, it's, it's very meaningful and thoughtful and we didn't really get into the lyrical part of it. Um, I meant to ask, actually, we got time. How with it? I don't care. Um, where do you, cause we're going off the rails here. I'm going off the rails here with the yeah, frivolity yeah. of walk the plank, but where do you, where does the inspiration come from? We talked about it a little bit, but maybe now with we've got some folks watching live, where does where does a ten years lyric come from? Dude, it, it honestly comes from as simple as is life, like where you're at in that time in your life. And for me, it's I guess it's kind of self reflecting and, and observing where I'm at at that moment in my life. And what's so crazy about the first couple of songs on that new album is. I think the first song we had released was called The Shift. And our, our other band member, Brian, his joke in the interview is like, he's been writing about doomsday lyrics forever. They just finally lined up. But <laughs> that, that song, the chorus is, we go from silence to sirens without a space between. We're a violent virus without a remedy. And people, because it came out in 2020, people thought that was because of the pandemic. And we had actually written and recorded that entire album and finished it at the end of February. So it hadn't hit yet. We didn't even know 
what was coming. And I think that's why that was one of the first songs to be released because of how true to the times it was. And it's wild when sometimes you're psychic like that and you can, <laughs> no, it's, it's wild sometimes when it lines up with, with the world, you know, and it, I like, it kind of fits with what's going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, that it's got to feel a little weird too, like surreal on the other side of like writing that and then recording it. And then this happens and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> did I do this? Or yeah, something? It's like, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to talk about it. I didn't really want it to happen. <laughs> you're like, look at yourself in the mirror. You're like, it's your fault, motherfucker. You have yeah, to pay you this. did this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's my it's my cross to bear. <laughs> Jesse, if you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive or in the past or future? Let me rephrase that. If you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past or the future? It's not I'm gonna frozen. Go with, it's, it's not frozen. I'm gonna I just go want to make future. sure everybody knows it no, wasn't frozen. No. That was a thoughtful uh, freeze. Deep thoughts by Jack Handy. Um, this is good. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to see the future because of how fast everything is changing right now. So I'm going to go future and hope that my apocalyptic lyrics aren't true <laughs> and, and we can even be in the future. <laughs> That's a great answer. I I feel it's the perfect answer for for you in, in particular. Yeah, it makes it all the sense. Route. Yeah, same round though. Yeah. All right. So uh, should we do this? This would you rather? These are speed rounds, by the hey, way. Hey man, I already started. I didn't even enter. There's no fancy song for would you rather yet. Oh. Yeah. Well, you didn't say would you rather. <gasps> oh, I see it now. My bad. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh oh, I said it. Oh shit. Chatty Dad. <laughs> okay. daddy. It's, as it's you know. this. It's this. All right. My bad. All right. So then. <laughs> All right. Would you rather eat no candy at Halloween or no turkey at Thanksgiving? Ooh, that's rough. Let the record show that no Making Waves, the Shiprock podcast guest, has ever thought this deeply about these questions, and you are to be commended and kissed on the mouth, Jesse. Yeah. Well, my my major vice is peanut butter and chocolate. When you put those two together, I am powerless. Mm. Turkey is excellent. But turkey can be fucked up being cooked so many times when it's dry and it's chewy. I'm going to go with no turkey because there's all kinds of other great foods you can eat. I'm, I'm going to eat the candy. And then okay. I'm going to tell my kids they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, let the record show. Uh, if you could mark that down on the record. I did. I'm right now. I'm telling you all of his answers correct, down. That was correct answer. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Sweet. Jesse, would you rather be <laughs> totally free or be totally safe? I'm going to go just, it's pretty easy. Just totally free. Hmm. Okay. Well then would you rather have one? Uh, oh, sorry. Would you rather have no one show up for your wedding or no one show up for your funeral? Uh, with your funeral, do you even know you're having your funeral? So I'm going to just say, uh, I don't That's know, good. because then you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's next if you're if you're hovering over and you're looking down and reflecting on your mm -hmm. your life and no one's That's there. Man, you did a terrible job. You did a terrible job. Yeah. I want to say no one show up at my wedding because I don't really care. It's 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 mainly for the two people having the wedding. Also, because if I'm a spirit in the afterlife and I'm floating over and I look down, 
and see that no one shows up for my funeral, I did a really shitty job. Yeah. <laughs> and, like and, and if you're a spiritual being, <laughs> yeah, like, looking old, and if you're a spiritual being looking down on, on your funeral, you'd be, you'd be looking down on everybody in death, just like you look down on everybody in real life. And that's what your, that's <laughs> what your counselor said. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Oh, that's you. No, but I just asked that one. Oh my, it's totally my bad. It's my bad. It's totally my bad. Turned. Okay. Jesse, would you rather go back to the past and meet your loved ones who passed away or go to the future to meet your children or grandchildren to be? This time travel thing's fun. <laughs> I might go on oh, my past on that one just because there's there's some people that had untimely deaths that I would like to see again. You know, yeah. the future's cool, but I'm going to the future on the other question. So I'm going to go in the past on this one. Right. right. We're accomplishing all these things in real life. So it's yeah. important yeah. to make sure that yeah. they line up. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking good. notes. So if it Variety doesn't work out, <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So then would you rather speak your mind or never speak again? And that's tricky because speaking your mind can get you to where you might never be able to speak again. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I know. You know, honestly, I, I could probably be fine just being a hermit and never speaking again. You know, if I really, ha it depends on what it has to be. Like speaking my mind on something I'm passionate about, I'm going to have to do it. Just speaking my mind on what's going on socially or politically or whatever. I just, I just shut up because there's, a, there's enough people talking. Fair enough. Yeah. So I didn't answer your question. I think you did. <laughs> Well, I, I think know. you said I that think... you would speak rather, uh, you would rather yeah. not speak. Listen, yeah. let the rep let it, let the record be shown. Don't speak by no doubt right now. It's like, <laughs> let the record show that the representative from no Detroit. Accepts the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank <Okay>. you. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. wait, what did we have? Why are these repeating? They're not yours is, uh, your next one is if you were born, New life. All right. Hey, if you were born, if you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past we did. We, or we future? Did we definitely didn't. We didn't? Yeah, we, mm -hmm. we did. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah. We did it or first. maybe, or maybe let the record, we are. Yeah. <laughs> let the record show that are, when Chad we're says like, we wrong. definitely <laughs> did something, <laughs> we definitely did. I'm sorry. Uh, because Mandala you put the question effect. there twice. All right. So I, then, I know, I know, I know. It's my bad. So you, maybe you do, if you're you asked questions with, on loop, they never end. Yeah. <laughs> and let's do it again. Uh, Al's, Al's the last question for uh, you. Yep, and then we'll I'm, let I'm you get I, some I'm sleep. Back, I'm back and clean up. Would you rather lose the ability to lie or believe everything you're told? Oh, shit. There's something to be said about believing everything you're told that means you just kind of go through life with i would hate that though so I, I would lose the ability to lie but that's pretty wild to think that you to believe everything you're told means is, is that is that more blissful is that blissfulness in a way if you just can believe everything because i question everything i don't believe anything 
I, I question everything. So spoken like a true skateboarder. I just have to not lie. Yeah, skateboarder right there. <laughs> Skater die, man. Yeah. <laughs> I skateboard. Full sin, bro. <laughs> yeah, he knows exactly. That was great, man. And thank you for being our first ever guest that's actually went live and uh, and done this. So you were our, our actual oh, guinea awesome. pig. Thank you very much. We started yeah, well, we last week. I'm glad I wore the correct holiday hat. Yes, oh, yes. You sure did. Well, listen, everybody. July 25th. Um, they're like, what holiday is this? <laughs> Uh, be sure to go out and consume all of uh, 10 Years Music, everybody. We really appreciate you, uh, everyone on Facebook, for joining us tonight on this very special Cinco de Mayo uh, and, um, Fel and Navidad, Feliz Navidad holiday, as will be henceforth known. Um, be sure to check out all our episodes, our podcast episodes, wherever you consume them. And remember, we will be on YouTube this week with the full video of this podcast, including the stuff that you may have missed tonight. On behalf of myself, Al McManus, uh, pinch hitting here for Justin Press, my co-host, Chad Nicefield, Jennifer Zito handling the tech, and Heather doing our show coordination, and obviously not seen or pictured here tonight, uh, the captain, Alan Koenig, asked for, if you will, uh, without him, we wouldn't be doing this. Jesse, thanks for being here with us. Remember to rock hard and vacation harder. And Jesse, have a great night. Don't get banged up too much on the skateboard. And we look forward to hearing again from you and from the 10 years guys with everything you got coming up soon. Always Seriously. my pleasure. I will gladly, anytime, anything to do with Shiprock has always been more than a blast in, in every way, except for yeah. the hangovers. But you, that's the price you pay if you want to have this much fun. <laughs> Spoken like a true gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Jesse, thanks, thanks again, man. We appreciate All it. Right. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. I didn't feel the change, but don't feel the same. I never knew a shift was happening. The scenery just seemed to be stuck on, stuck on, stuck on Friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.